For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. It is Brandon Panikar at Jaybird Watching, joined as always by Craig Borden and Adam Corsair. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Doing well. Awesome, Staying alive. <laughs> doing good. Driving and surviving is what I'm hearing. <laughs> I'm surviving. I'm not thriving. I'm surviving. Not sure about the thriving part. <laughs> There's not quite enough booze in the house left. That's, That's right. all I'm going to say. <laughs> yes. yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe tomorrow night, Friday, Saturday night, you'll be thriving after you get a few drinks in, huh? That's true. Or feel caved, like I'm thriving. Caved in and ordered pizza tonight. <laughs> oh, there you go. You're living large, man. <laughs> oh, I feel so fat. I crushed. We ordered a sheet pizza, and I had like six pieces. Plus wings. No shame. No shame. <laughs> no shame at all. Well, gentlemen, we got a special guest on the line who was the original brains behind this whole bracket operation. Nick Kowalski has joined us on the line from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Nick, how are you, man? I'm doing well. We got some uh, good news the other day uh, with reopenings in Winnipeg. So um, it's, it's a positive vibe around Winnipeg right now, to be honest. Even going out yesterday, it was nice. So I'm um, doing better. How about you guys? Good. Hanging good. in there. <laughs> yeah, hanging in there, man. Just all, I, I wish Ontario and, and for Adam and Craig, I wish that you were as far along as Manitoba. It's... it's uh, it, 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 it sucks. That's uh, that's about all we can say. But, uh, you know, I think there's a light at the end of the tunnel, boys. Uh, hopefully, uh, that will come sooner rather than later. And hopefully, uh, Mr. Man in Charge down uh, south of the border doesn't uh, force things by opening up on Monday. Huh? That's the yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I read that tweet from him and uh, I was, was like, oh, my God, just could you just, you know, take care of yourself and make sure you get it and be gone for a while and then we don't have to hear this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway guys, anyway, guys, we are not a political podcast. We are a DJ baseball podcast. But I want to introduce our guest a little bit because I got connected with Nick a few years ago when we were both writing the same CFL website. Last word on CFL is where we got connected. And Nick, when you in March, you came up with the idea of doing a best CFL players of the 2010s decade. Why don't you open things up by giving us a little bit of background on yourself? Just uh, let the listeners know what you're all about, your Blue Jays fandom, your CFL fandom, whatever you want to plug, and then get go go into a little bit on your inspiration behind doing the bracket for the best players in uh, the 2010s for the CFL. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've always been a sports guy uh, my whole entire life, living in Winnipeg. Uh, grew, up playing, grew up playing hockey as my number one sport. Also played a little bit of football, uh, but just injuries kind of wore me down and I just stopped playing. So I decided to start writing about sports. I uh, just finished uh, a degree uh, back home here uh, for um, journalism, actually, and majoring in communications as well. So I just got that uh, under wraps. Um, yeah, and then as far as the brackets, um, you, you guys probably know content is tough to come by these days. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to think. I was trying to get a scope where like the best CFL player of all time would be, it'd be a little bit of out, out of my expertise, given my age. Um, so I try to narrow it down to the decade, which can't, there's problems with that too, just by getting people aware that it's just the decade, right? When you have guys like Anthony Calvillo within that decade, yeah. but not for the whole career, right? So, uh, yeah, I thought it went well. Uh, I tried, I did broadcast it through my plot or my account on Twitter. I also, uh, paired up with a Facebook group to promote it. I, uh, and then I used the last word on CFL account, uh, uh, just pump it out to a more neutral fan base, which I thought went well. Although uh, 
ironically enough, say how you will, but two, two bombers are in the finale or the final. But um, <laughs> two two deserving bombers, though. I will argue that. No, I agree. Uh, it, was, it was Andrew Harris and uh, who was the other one? Oh, Adam Bighill, right? Yeah, and they play, and like for the decade, they pretty much split their games with the BC Lions and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I argue that aspect too, right? You got Western Canada voting for them and Central Canada. <laughs> yeah, well, the last yeah the last word accounts more in your Facebook group, so that was kind of my if, if I had any backlash, that's what I was going back at, uh, to people. <laughs> Well, Nick, we appreciate you letting us uh, copy the idea and do the best Toronto Blue Jays of the 2010s. I know we've gained a few followers in our Twitter account just from everybody doing their part and retweeting, and you've been an active member in retweeting and voting as well, so we thank you for that. Uh, I wanted to open it up to you, Nick, and, and Adam and Craig. We'll get you guys going after that, but uh, let's get into the bracket and just get into where things currently stand. We are currently voting for the next spot in the Elite Eight, and we actually have our first result which was Jay Happ destroying David Price. Maybe not destroying. I think it was 71 to 29% for Jay Happ over David Price. But then we also have the second pitching matchup going, which is 51% for Marco Estrada and 49% for Marcus Stroman. The infielders have been opened up, and now the last of the outfielders have also been opened up. So tomorrow will be the relievers. Nick, were there any surprises from anything you've seen in terms of guys advancing or maybe not even advancing or just what are your general thoughts on how it's all played out for the best Blue Jays in 2010? Uh, well, obviously the first thing as far as upsets go, um, Roberto Osuna, which that's an interesting vote. And uh, I wasn't too surprised that he lost, although he was a three-seed, right? So that's a pretty big storyline. Uh, but Bo Bichette's right now my um, my number one kind of shocker. Uh, like, mm-hmm. And he just, he just knocked off Russell Martin, right? And um, Yeah. Yeah. That's ton yeah, that's a lot of recency bias in my opinion for uh Bichette. <laughs> um and like Russell Martin Russell Martin was very good in his days for the Blue Jays. I actually um like being from Winnipeg, I don't I haven't I've gone to a handful of Blue Jays games in my life and I was actually uh one of them was the game against the Astros where he had that uh that catch over the over the Astros dugout. I don't know if you guys oh, yeah. remember saying that. Yeah, 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 I was at that game. I was at that game. So and he actually hit like two home runs within those like those three games there. So I have a little a little bit of bias for Russell just and just by seeing him live, right? Um, but yeah, Bo Bichette, that's the guy I had my eye on. And Strowman, I, I was upset that Strowman lost. Yep. <laughs> Craig, Adam? I Bichette. Mean, I, I told you guys. I told like, yes, recency bias, but like, the dudes out there promoting on video games and stuff, keeping the sort of the MLB season alive virtually, I guess, and on the show... <laughs> telling you man like i get russell martin canadian boy like proud and like we said he's probably going to manage the blue jays one day but <laughs> bobachette man i'm telling you he's he's the guy otherwise like yeah I, nothing's really surprising me it's it's uh pretty much going i think more or less the way uh the way we we thought it would the only thing that does sort of surprise me uh, i don't want to jump the gun too much but the the jose versus melky thing like I'm surprised Melky got as many votes as he did. Like, I thought Jose would have won by a landslide for that. Yeah, currently 8%. <laughs> right. I was expecting more like 2%, to be completely That's honest. That's what I'm saying. Maybe like, like got... a pity vote or something. Yeah. Yeah. I love the milkman, but come on. <laughs> Jose freaking Bautista. Literally, yeah. if you were going to do a poster child for this this franchise... Like a Mount Rushmore in the last, you know, basically since the term millennium, Jose Bautista is the guy on that freaking, you know, Mount Rushmore uh, right next to Halliday and Delgado. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Period. Yeah. So it's amazing that, uh, like, that he's gotten as many votes. I'm actually more shocked that the Vernon Wells Kevin Pillar thing isn't actually more close. There's, uh, I know it's new and it's slow. Early days, man. But currently it's 75 25, basically, right? <laughs> I have yeah. kept up on that one. I'm just going to guess right now. Is that for Polar 75? No. no. It's V Dog. It's running well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Which is funny because wow. he's only got one year in the decade. <laughs> I know. Well, I think that kind of boils into what Nick was saying, just in terms of the CFL one. And you mentioned Anthony Calvillo, who a lot of the bulk of his success came in the decade prior. I'm guessing a lot of people have voted just based off of Vernon Wells' prior decade where he was the Blue Jays' best player for a stretch there. So I'm, I, I'm shocked, to be completely honest, to know that you've updated this, Craig, that it's that much of a landslide right now for Vernon, just considering he has one year and 
Pilar was so popular here. Superman, right? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's just because everybody was watching before we recorded tonight. The Vernon Wells game where Delgado hits four home runs is on, you know, MLB Network right now. You can watch it on the MLB Twitter feed. I was watching it before we came on the show where he hits that ridiculous fourth home run. That same year, Vernon Wells has 100 and something RBIs too. Mm. That Vernon Wells in the three spot, followed by Carlos Delgado, guys, was one of the best punches in baseball at the turn of the millennium there. That was just epic baseball. <laughs> and yeah. then watching Delgado go off like he did during that season. That was the stuff you imagined and think of when you think of Carlos Delgado, just not in one of those terrible T uniforms. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's lingering in a little bit. But in all reality, Vernon Wells was a once pillar of this franchise, bad contract or not. So. <laughs> hey, I mean, he did end up getting a strength Francisco, right? Yeah, that's true. Maybe that's why people voted for him. <laughs> I was watching. Well, I guess he got Mike Napoli yeah. first. So I was watching that team. game. Like I said, did you remember that year we had Reed Johnson, who would have probably been a Rookie of the Year candidate if it weren't for so many like Hideki Matsui being in that race, and then Frank Catalano were batting in front of those two. Frank Catalano. Yeah. Wow. I, I loved watching Frank Catalano hit, man. But it is what it is. A- so I want to get I want to get your guys' thoughts on some of these live results we got going on here because we're going a, a little bit of a deeper dive into this. So right now we have Jay Happ moving on past David Price. I don't think that's much of a surprise. Are we all in agreement there? Yeah. Yes. So yes. the next one sees Marco Estrada taking a fifty-one percent lead over forty-nine percent with sixty-three votes over Marcus Stroman. That's what crazy. What are you guys' thoughts on that one? Oh, it's, it's so crazy. Cool. <laughs> it's so crazy. But I'm not surprised, right? Because, like I said, like, Strowman has his 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 loyal fan base, right? A lot of people gravitated towards Strowman. And, but you had his detractors. You had a lot of people that didn't like Strowman because of the attitude and whatnot. And, you know, to his credit, he remained true to himself. But Estrada was a loyal sh- soldier through and through. And I think people recognize that. And, again... I think even though Strowman did have a, a really good playoff game, that playoff game in 2015 with Estrada was just mesmerizing. So I, I, I think, yeah, I think even Gibby was like, wow, when he walked off and you know took him off the mound. But I think there's a special place in Blue Jays fans' hearts for Marco Estrada. So it, it surprises me that I don't know what surprises me more that it's this close or that he's actually winning. I, maybe both. The near no hitter. Yeah. <laughs> Donaldson diving no into the uh, stands game. Mm. Marco Estrada was throwing a no hitter at that point in that game, and so was the race pitcher. Yes, I know. I know that. Oh yeah, sure. that was epic. I, I forgot who was on the that. hill. I don't remember either. I remember listening to the game at uh, at work because it was an afternoon game when Estrada was going, and I, I cannot remember who was throwing for the that day. But it was it was a pitcher's duel. This is, as you rightly pointed out there, Nick, it was it was crazy. That was probably Marco Estrada's best day that he had in just in terms of single performance in the regular season. But yeah, I mean, I think Marco, if he ends up pulling away, there's only 51 minutes left in that pull, uh, deserves the spot in the Elite Eight, and that will set up a quite interesting matchup between him and Jay Happ, two guys who really came into their own at Blue Jays back in 2016, Estrada in 2015, Happ's redemption tour in 2016, but. Guys, as we move along to the infielder side, again, the one seeds, no surprise that they're running away with things. But did anybody think Josh Donaldson and Justin Smoke would be a little bit closer than 92% to 8% for Justin Smoke? No. 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 <laughs> no Not at all. MVP, bro. Not maybe. Yeah. MVP. For sure. That carries some serious weight. But, yeah, the next one, Edwin Encarnacion is up 66 percent to 34 percent on Bobachet, the 11th seed and and nick when we were releasing this right away kind of how you mentioned that uh Bo was the surprise and kind of the cinderella's in the 11th seed he got off to a blazing lead early on people started replying he's like yeah i voted Bo, a little more recency and he's going to be the guy going into the next decade i'm like well if you vote that way i can understand why Bo's getting votes but come on it's that one that's right yeah there's going to be it's a big problem if Bichette uh, beats Edwin, in my opinion. Um, that's really all you can say about that, right? Like, Edwin, I don't have his stats on hand right now, but he was a Blue Jay for, what, like 
seven-ish years from the past decade. Yeah. On and off, too. It was top of my head, yeah. <laughs> but mostly he hitting, on. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, like, he, and he's he's hit 50 with the Blue Jays in a season, right? 50 home runs? Yes. Damn close to it. Yeah. One or the other. Yeah. Yeah. And not to Just mention the wild card game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's hit 42 twice with the Blue Jays. That's his high. So, Huge. yeah. Yeah. 127 RBIs in 2016. Like, Bichette's come nothing close to that in his small career with Toronto, right? So, like, Edwin should win in a landslide, too. Yeah, it's uh, the landslide thing. I know we were talking about that with the Vlad Guerrero Jr. matchup against Edwin, just in terms of how much that would be. Because kind of similar. I mean, Vlad had a little bit longer of a tenure up here last season than Bo did. But, I mean, come on. It's Edwin. Like, he has those iconic moments. He was a franchise changer with Jose Bautista, so it looks like it'll set up. I, I don't know, guys. I think the most intriguing matchup we'll see maybe in this entire bracket will boil down to what the likely matchup is between Josh Donaldson and Edwin Encarnacion in the next matchup. That one will be a lot of fun, but before we get into kind of our predictions and getting through to who we think will end up in maybe the Final Four or the Finals, I want to tee things up with the reliever side of things, and I'll start with you, Adam. Casey Jansen, Ken Giles. Where would you go with your vote on that one? Because that's not open yet, so we have no results to kind of base some opinions off of. What do you think? Uh, all right. Ken Giles is fun. Like, I, I got to admire a man that punches himself in the face. But the thing is, is that when it comes <laughs> to... When it comes to Jansen, I remember... I have a soft spot for Jansen, right? So, I, like, I went to a, a Blue Jays-Red Sox game in Fenway. And I'm behind the the Blue Jays uh, bullpen, and there's Jansen. And this is later on in his career, like he's a a man amongst boys in that bullpen. And uh, my wife was calling for an autograph to Casey Jansen, and uh, I I was like, Jansen, you still got it. You got this hot piece of ass over here asking for an autograph. You still got it, Jansen. And he's, like, laughing at me. I'm like, you still got to give her an autograph. He didn't. But for me, it's just like, uh, I, I don't know. I just That's just a funny story about Casey Jansen. I just think he, he deserves this a little bit more. Like, when things were pretty bad with the Blue Jays, Casey Jansen was kind of a bright spot. So, um, And Ken Giles has been here. Kind of like the Bo Bichette argument, his tenure with the Blue Jays has been brief. So I'm going to give this one to Jansen. Craig? So... Similar to Mr. Corsair, I actually got the Casey Jansen autograph, but I didn't get it from him. <laughs> it's the only thing I have ever won in my whole life, and it was when I was called over the and I was down in spring training. I entered some random raffle and I won. And my dad's like, you know, you really should give that to the kid behind you. And I'm like, no, I'll give him the foul ball if I catch one. I'm not giving him Casey Jansen's autograph. <laughs> so I did get, just for all the fans out there, I did end up catching a foul ball and I turned instantly right to that kid behind me and gave him the, fa- the foul ball. But that was like the only trophy I've ever won in my life. <laughs> so I had to keep it. But Casey Jansen. Oh, guys, he was a great starter before all mm-hmm. the injuries really settled in. And if you're looking at, you know, extended goodness throughout the decade, Casey Jansen was a solid spot of this team. And honestly, it hurt me that day he was let go from the franchise. I know he didn't really materialize with much uh, with injuries the year after with uh, the Washington Nationals, but he would have been fun to have in that bullpen, guys. You know, he could have been the guy when we traded, you know, and got that last piece for the reliever pit, you know, and we got who did we get with the um, I'm blanking right now. Who did we get with Tulo? Uh, Hawkins. Oh, Hawkins. Hawkins. Yeah, he yeah, could Hawkins. have been somebody just like Latroy Hawkins, but we could have had him that whole freaking season. Because correct me if I'm wrong, was it 2014 his last season with the Blue Jays, or was it 2013? Yes. Yeah. So he missed yeah, it by that much, and that honestly hurts me still to this day because he should have been part of that team with how good he was. Him and Brett Cecil were locked down at the end of that game. Yeah, he was a pretty decent closer, too, for this team towards the end of his tenure. Found a way to people get get yeah. people out. Yeah. It was all those extra yeah. pitches. Yeah, Ken Giles is definitely more flashy than Casey Jansen was, but he was effective. Nick, yeah. where would you go with this vote, Casey Jansen versus Ken Giles? Uh, I think it was said pretty well earlier with just Casey Jansen being a bright spot during the the bad days with Toronto, right? At the start of the decade. Uh, like, I'm just looking over his stats right now, and although he was a reliever for a while, he, he didn't have a losing season with the Blue Jays. He had a couple uh, 500 seasons, but he, he was 
he was winning games for them. Whatever role he had, he had a 2.26 ERA in uh, 2011. So, yeah, he had some great numbers and just a, a longer career than Giles. I really think it's kind of a no-brainer for Jansen, too. So we got Giles three defense. <laughs> He's freaking good. <laughs> yes. He is. And you know what? Yeah, you guys, I think that chalks up three votes for Casey. So I'm actually going on Ken Giles on this one. I think that's where my vote's going to go when I open it up. Just because, man, that guy was absolutely lights out last season. Like, you talk about bright spots, and, you know, everybody, once the kids got up here, it was Bo, it was Vlad, uh, and it was Kevin Biggio uh, and Lord of Furiel before he got injured. But, man, Ken Giles, just even going back to when they acquired him from Houston in 2018 he wasn't his dominant self then but man he can pump it up there hitting 99 on the radar gun i i just love the flash and i love the intensity he brings out in the mound i can tell you guys one thing i would not want to cross paths with ken giles when he's out in the mound because he looks like he will beat up a motherfucker oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah well, didn't he get into a nice little verbal altercation with somebody at the beginning of spring this year last year that was last, last year. spring yeah. training yeah, yeah. Well, one, he, uh, one way or the other, he's the kind of teammate yeah. I think you need on a championship team. It's I know you guys have been watching the Last Dance because there's no other sports yes. on, right? Oh yeah, that's that character. He's not Michael Jordan. Don't get me wrong, but he's that guy that will call you out when you need to get the fucking work. He's Kyle Lowry. Yeah, there you go. He's yeah. Kyle Lowry. Boom. Or his grit and determination out there on the mound. He's, he's kind of like Dennis Rodman. He's a bit of a, a bit of a hothead out there. He's not afraid to mix it up. Yeah, he's just punching oh, yeah. himself, not cameraman, like, That's like right. uh, Adam said. <laughs> <laughs> so three votes Casey Jansen, uh, one vote Ken Giles. And I mean, I, I'll be interested to see where that one goes, just because there is a lot of recency bias with Ken Giles in his dominant season. But everybody's correctly pointed out Casey Jansen was a damn good closer when he was here, even though he was only, I think, topping out no more than 90 or 91 uh, during his tenure as a Blue Jay in the bullpen he just managed to get guys out he was a crafty reliever and you could trust casey i probably trusted casey jansen as much as i currently trust ken giles whenever there's a lead in the ninth inning and they need somebody to come and close it out so that one will be fun the next one will be interesting too guys because both of these guys set up men at the same time in 2013 and both were all-stars in the same season brett cecil goes up against Steve Delabar. Delabar got in on that final vote, the hashtag raise the bar, which I've tried to incorporate into the polls when I open that up. <laughs> Where would you guys go with this one? Because there's probably, you, you know, I know Cecil was better for much longer than Delabar. Delabar kind of fell off the face of the earth after his all-star season in 2013 due to injuries. But if you look at that 2013 alone, you could go either way with this. I think, no, like, is it going to be heavily Brett Cecil, or do you think it might be a little closer, maybe like a 60-40? Craig, you go first. I think, unfortunately, this is going to be one of those ones that's just, I think Cecil's going to end up running away with it, guys. Think about 2015. If we had a healthy Brett Cecil throughout that whole playoff run, we have this shit. That's a World I, Series. Yeah. <laughs> and so, or, yeah, but it and then Brett Cecil just like, like you said, he's the same mold as Casey Jansen as far as he was a good pitcher beforehand, then he became a dominant reliever. And I just don't think that the couple seasons we we got really good stuff out of Steve Delabar were enough to raise that bar to let him win against Brett Cecil. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, where'd you go with this one? Uh Brett Cecil has my vote. Uh again, yeah, if 2015, if he's there the whole time, could be a different story. 2013, yeah, his season in 2013, just numbers-wise, was slightly better than Delabar's. And then you just have the length for Cecil, too, right? Like a longer tenure with yeah. Toronto. So I would go Cecil. Squints all day, man. It's got to be squints. <laughs> I, love, I, love, I love the story, right? Because I remember him as a starter and him being absolutely terrible. And uh, once he made that transition to the bullpen, um, I remember in 15, they tried to make him a closer. It didn't really work out. But um, once he found his groove in the bullpen, uh, I, he was kind of lights out. And I liked the story. I liked how he was a long-tenured Blue Jays player. Um, so I, I just think there's a loyalty factor that you have to um, add into the equation. So I'm, I'm going to go with Squints. It has nothing to I do with I your do. favorite movie being The Sandlot, though. No, it? not at all. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Nice little Sandlot reference. I watched that movie two weeks ago. This reminded so me of how awesome that movie was. So <laughs> good. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I think that's a sweet, guys. I think I would go Brett Cecil as well. Just moving on to face Casey Jansen and our hypothetical voting here. 
tonight. So with that, assuming the results play out the way it is, the Elite Eight as of now, we would have Jay Happ going up against Marco Estrada, Josh Donaldson going up against Edwin Encarnacion, Jose Bautista, and if the results play out the way they are, it will be against Vernon Wells, and then Casey Jansen against Brett Cecil. That would be the Elite Eight from there. Why don't you guys just quickly rapid fire? Who do you got going to the Final Four? And that's really the spot where I'm going to make sure that the, the voting is open for much longer than 48 hours because I want as many votes as possible on these, this one. Nick, where would you go? What are your predictions for the Final Four once we get there? I'm going to go Marco Estrada, Josh Donaldson, Jose Bautista, and Brett Cecil. Ooh, I like it. Adam? I'm going to go to the exact same, and if you want me to take it a step further, I can give you my championship prediction. I think everybody will have the same championship prediction. <laughs> I, got, I got two bats in the final. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, where exactly. I'm at, too. It's, it's JD versus Jose all day. Yeah, Minor, my final four is going to boil down to the exact way because I just honestly I and I just don't think anybody's going to stop Donaldson from dashing to the end or Bautista. I really don't. Yes. Yeah, I don't think there's enough resistance from Vernon Wells if it ends up being Vernon Wells, even if it is Kevin Pillar. I mean, Pillar was a flawed player despite how exciting he was in the outfield. So yeah, Jose for me, Estrada Hop will be the most interesting one I think because. Mm-hmm. I mean, Donaldson, Eddie, too, because there will be some votes for Eddie, but I do think Donaldson will take that, especially considering that Bo got off to a, a lead pretty quickly on Edwin Encarnacion. Uh, and I probably would go Brett Cecil from the relievers bracket as well, so I think we're all pretty aligned. And I mean, when I started this, guys, I had a feeling that I don't think anybody was stopping Jose all the way through to the final, just because the outfield was so weak, as we saw over the last decade with some of the names that made this list like Eric Thames and Mike McCoy. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, the way kind of was shaken down, Jose Bautista would be in a March Madness bracket on the more favorable side of it to come out against a reliever. I kind of did it that way because, you know, a reliever isn't stopping Jose, right? Yeah. But the uh, the only other resistance I would see is Donaldson versus Edwin Encarnacion, but I still yeah. think it'll cost Donaldson. Mm-hmm. I still think it's a 60-40. I It'll be do. close. It's yeah, going to be at least in that ballpark. I don't see it quite going full 50-50, but maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. But Josh Donaldson is a player that the Blue Jays had not seen like that in the franchise in years. No offense to Jose Bautista or anything, but Donaldson came in this ball club and set the world on fire <laughs> with Jose Bautista and company. But, guys, how many epic moments can you really cram into two seasons? The highlight reel of 2015 and 2016 is more or less Josh Donaldson. Uh, all right, I'll, 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 outside I, bat I, flips and and pit and parrot walks, but yeah. All right, so this how is many the way I look at it? Though? Yeah, I, the way I, so I liken it to the Raptors, right? Kawhi is the best Raptor of all time. Kyle Lowry is the greatest Raptor of all time. Jose Bautista is the I feel the greatest Blue Jay out of anybody on this list, mm-hmm. whereas Josh Donaldson is the best Blue Jay out of anybody on yeah. this list. Fair argument. Totally agree. Yeah, that is a very good way of putting it, actually. I don't know if you guys saw, maybe this is something that we can do uh, after this whole bracket fun is done, but uh, Adam, I, know I saw you chime in on it, but didn't Slam put out uh, Mount Rushmore of Raptors? They the did, other- yeah. And I think everybody pretty much went exactly the same. I'd be interested to see if we were selecting maybe eight Blue Jays from this past decade. Maybe this is what we'll do. Maybe with the Elite Eight, we will uh, take this and table it for a little bit later. We will put all eight finalists on a Mount Rushmore and have people vote for the Mount Rushmore of the 2010s and see where it comes out. I think that'd be a cool idea. Yeah, or at least something Definitely. in tandem. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <clears throat> But yeah, guys, I mean, that's it's honestly been a lot of fun uh, working this bracket. Nick, we can't thank you enough for uh, doing all the uh, the uh, graphics and everything. Great idea that you have with the CFL. I know I fully enjoyed that one as a big CFL fan myself, uh, just being able to chime in. And, you know, of course, I was biased towards Ricky Ray and, uh, and SJ Green going pretty far <laughs> in the CFL bracket there. But this has been a, a fantastic time. Any feedback, guys, just from this? Is there anything that we could do differently if we decide to do another bracket? Maybe we can go back in like the two thousand decade and get Delgado and Wells and Holiday and, and Ted Lilly and other guys in there. Anything that we could do differently, maybe to get some more engagement? Because I said this last week when we kind of brought it up, 
I still wish that more people would reply and start conversations and spark debate with some of this. Anything we can do differently? Just get the audience a little bit more involved? I think that when you have like all-time players against the current generation, I think that would generate a lot of buzz. So if you did maybe... If you want to be bold, I know it would be a lot of math involved and there would probably be a lot of like seeding, but if you want to go the past 30 years, right? So you go from the the 90s to today. So you could potentially have like, I don't know, a, a, a Roberto Alomar versus a Josh Donaldson for a final. Well, yeah, you could potentially have that. That would be a very thought-provoking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why I was wondering if we almost had that took like the elite eight out of this conversation, right? Which would be more or less our high-end seating for most of these guys. Um, throw it against all those guys. We'll make an elite eight for the you know 2000s, 90s. Mm. Then mm. throw it at a wall, or maybe you do go back to the 80s just so you can have a bracket exactly the same as this. And then see what matches up again. I agree. That would be cool. That would be really cool. Well, guys, it's been fun. The bracket conversation will continue to bring up some talking points probably next episode. As we should, if I line it up properly, the next time we record, we may be in the final stages of the final floor, maybe even at the finals there. So we'll save that conversation when we get to it. But there is some current events, guys, that we should bring up, and, and it's important to touch on because Lately, there seems to be a lot of optimism around baseball executives and, and people working in government that there will be baseball played at some point in 2020. And the latest report is that it could be as soon as the end of June, maybe right around Canada Day. July 2nd is the other day that I saw for that. So before we get into what the MLB is thinking, just with in terms of some of the realignment, I just want to ask the three of you all up. Does baseball have a right to be this excited considering where coronavirus currently sits in the United States with some of these states still getting hundreds and hundreds of new cases per day? Am I missing something with all this optimism? Craig, do you have any thoughts on that? Like, why are they so optimistic that there's going to be baseball in 2020? For a person that's living in New York State, yes, I live in New York State, everybody, if you haven't figured that part out yet. <laughs> um, I'm, not on the, I'm on the right side of the state as far as where most of the cases are over here in the Rochester, Buffalo area. It's not quite as bad as obviously what's going on in New York City, which has more or less been one of the epicenters. But the fact is, on our side of the state here, we have been seeing crazy swings in cases reported some days it's very low and then sometimes it's like okay well it's back there right where it was and what's it seems like it's just kind of all over the place but there was just constant gloom for so long even on our side of the state here where it just seemed like it was going to keep going and going and going with these numbers kind of bouncing all over the last few weeks or last week or so here it kind of seems like something is probably going in the right direction and I think where they're talking about hosting these quote-unquote three divisions that they're pushing, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a minute, I, the, the, the news isn't as bad. So it's not like they're all of a sudden going to start having games in New York City when they're talking about having <laughs> you know, these resurgent Major League Baseball seasons. I think this idea is actually possible. I still maybe am in the 50-50, 60-40 ballpark, but I would, I would rather see them try at this point and uh, at least have that game plan ready. I'd rather have them slide it out if something funky goes on, but it's nice to know they're actually moving toward possibly reopening baseball. The one thing that did decimate me was I don't get to see any Rochester Red Wings or Buffalo Bisons baseball this season officially. Now, yeah, <laughs> the minor league season, dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that in a bit. Nick, just what are some of your thoughts on, on the optimism trending this week? Because, I mean, up by you in Manitoba, as you were saying when we introduced you, it seems like things are about to start opening up and people are booking tee times on golf courses. But, I mean, with the way baseball would resume, if it goes this way, there would be a division, East Coast playing out of Florida, the West Coast playing out of Arizona, and the Central playing out of Texas. Do you think this is even feasible to start this up? Because Texas today even though they're about to start opening their state tomorrow, had a 1,000 new cases just today of coronavirus. Is it even going to be safe to start baseball? What do you think, Nick? That's my main issue. Like, are 100% of the players okay with this happening? Like, for example, if a guy like 
like just hypothetically, if like Clayton Kershaw is like, no, I'm not going to uh, Sooner or whatever, and LA is going to be uh, proposed to me in that division, like, and then he just stays home, like, what happens there, right? Like, you don't know that 100% of the players are going to be going, like, they might be obligated to, but they can also just say, no, my best interest is in my health, right? So that's super interesting. But as far as the whole idea about this uh, 10, 10 team division, uh, uh, proposal within baseball i i love the like just the madness that it would kind of uh, yeah. uh happen right like you Welcome have to thunderdome bitch it's almost, it's almost like, <laughs> it sounds like a video game proposal almost not like not real life right like i can't even imagine watching that on tv where there's like teams and almost camps right just kind of hanging out beside the stadiums where <laughs> it might be really fun to stadiums. watch yeah and then, and then another point on that is the three teams that are the home teams for these stadiums. They, do they not have a massive home field advantage? Are they living at home? That's a huge difference compared yeah, to. True. <laughs> if you're if you're a Blue Jay and you're living in Toronto and you have to live in Florida for the next couple of months, whereas if you're a Florida Mar- or a Miami Marlin already, you're already there, right? So that it's. I'm not optimistic about it, but if MLB can pull us off, I'm giving them full credit as long as it's safe. Yeah, that safe note, deep. read what's happening with Trey Mancini of the Orioles with possibly having yeah. colon cancer and stuff. I'm sorry to say, but I'm pretty sure he's not lining up ready to play baseball, even though he would love to probably be playing baseball as a nice distraction from everything going on in his personal life. You don't see somebody like him that would be now medically at risk diving on this plant. And he is the best player on the Baltimore Orioles, hands down. He is. Adam, do you think this maybe is just a little bit more of trying to keep people's spirits up? Because, I mean, it is a bit of a dark time with no sports going on. There isn't a whole lot you can do being in quarantine. Do you think a lot of the optimism maybe is just to try to keep people's hopes up that they will have something to look forward to come June or July with some baseball returning? Yeah. Guys, it's not happening. Like, I, I hate to be <laughs> Tell that Tell me how guy, you feel about it. It's, it's just not happening. Think about it. Let's just look at the East this proposed Eastern uh, division um, group of teams, right? So you're telling me that on top of the baseball operations being held in Florida, Florida is going to start easing restrictions on social distancing with their citizens in general. Walt Disney World is thinking about opening up in June, okay? Uh, Other theme parks, the Universal and whatnot, are doing the same thing, all right? There's going to be a lot of people in Florida and it's really hard to just isolate professional athletes they're already talking about having the NBA being held exclusively at Disney I don't know how they're going to do that with all these people around but you know for the sake of you know argument and comparison it just doesn't seem feasible to me and let's not forget (laughs) yeah like think about it these are like 20 year old kids what were you doing at 20 years old? You were breaking the rules and doing whatever the fuck you wanted to do. What <laughs> makes you think that these guys aren't going to do the same thing? Like, they're not going to... These these aren't like... Again, I'm not trying to, you know, say anything about the lack of intelligence about anybody here. But when you're young, you're just kind of careless. That's just... I was careless when I was young, and a lot of my friends were definitely careless when they were young. Like, they're not gonna... I was an angel! Yeah, they're not gonna be on top of their hygiene the way, like, Dr. Fauci is suggesting. You know? And speaking of Dr. Fauci, like, he... This is this quote, like, direct from the the guy who I think has been, like, conveying the information quite well. Uh, safety for the players and for the fans trumps everything. If you can't guarantee safety, then unfortunately you're going to have to bite the bullet and say, we may have to go without sports for the rest of the season. You can't guarantee sp- safety. You just can't. And what happens if in June or July, somehow this infiltrates itself in its way into the to the Major League Baseball operations, which probably will, whether it be from a medical staff, a coaching staff, someone, like, it's, it finds its way in. Are you just going to shut down the season again? Well, what's the point? Like, it, for me, it's just it's a way better option. I know you're losing money. I totally get it. And losing money sucks. I'm not this kind of guy that's like, oh, fuck the man. Oh, fuck money. No, I understand that like, this, these are big organizations that need to make their money. I totally get it. But at the same time, like, if you're going to risk a stoppage almost as quick as it started, what's the point? To me, it just doesn't seem like this is a likely scenario to go down, and it's a much safer way to go to just call the season, 
and wait for a vaccine because like as we Craig you already kind of touched on and again I don't want to bury the league there is no minor league baseball right so if players get hurt what are we doing like who are we bringing up what are we doing it, it, to yeah, me, some none rumors of this... spinning around that too, as far as expanded rosters go. But oh my god, guys! But that's even more people that you're all of a sudden going to have exactly. in, the, in those towns. No, I don't either. I think the minor league part of all this is the biggest logistical hurdle that they'll have to get over. Because I think for the most part, if everybody goes in and is okay, everybody symptom free. This is the article that CBS Sports put out today that this is the five criteria that they would need to have addressed first before even considering. Number one, testing, testing, testing. You're going to have to be on the ball with being making sure that there are tests available for all the players. That opens up an entire other can of worms where it's like, well, why are the baseball players getting all this testing? Right. Why is the general public getting this? Or so frontline workers. Yeah, exactly. They're only yeah, in exactly. most hospitals and EMT offices still here in the in New York. They're still just doing thermometer checking, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that's only what seventy seventy five percent of the stuff people get the fever, and they could have had it for three days at that point. No, uh, sorry. two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Exactly. Up to two weeks. Yeah. So, well, not the second one is improved hygiene standards. Which you know what the Korean baseball organization, which is about to start up. Uh, they are doing that pretty well. Uh, they are going to be making sure that players are going to have their temperature taken twice daily. Okay, that seems somewhat manageable. I think you can improve the hygiene standards. Number three, contingency plans. Just what happens if somebody gets it and it starts back up all over again? What will happen? Does the players quarantine? Does the entire team go have to go into quarantine because they've been around that player for a little while? Number four is the union agreement. Players may not want to do that. And Nick, as he pointed out, what if Clayton Kershaw just is like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to risk my safety to help myself. And if I have to see my family or anything happens, I don't want to get them sick either. So the union's going to have to agree with this. And then number five, it's just so broad, but number five is other logistics. And <laughs> that could be so many things, right? And but I do think the biggest one is no minor leagues, because if there is no minor league, people will get hurt. Who are you going to call up? And Craig, as you pointed out, that's just going to make for more and more people being around the team at all times. And it just takes one player in MLB to get this, to have it all shut down again. So I don't know, guys. I mean, I want to be optimistic, and I kind of want to have some fun with the division the Blue Jays will be playing in. It's hard to be optimistic with what everything is going on, but it just seems like a lot to have to overcome, especially when you don't have vaccine or something that people can take and just have it under control which some of those states keep in mind arizona i'm not sure how they're doing i'm pulling it up here they had almost 500 cases today texas as i said a thousand and then florida's just been a gong show the entire time mm -hmm. just keeping beaches open all the time so oh, they're just still a wild card hotbed. Yeah. yeah so the markets aren't the greatest choice uh and other than that, they don't really have another place to play because New York, you can't go there. New Jersey's right there, too. All the big ones, Illinois, California, Pennsylvania. Why aren't we playing in, like, fucking Nebraska? <laughs> <You know? laughs> or any of these other, you know, Midwest towns. There's ballparks there for all those leagues. I just don't understand it. I get that that's, quote-unquote, not your big market area, but if that's where the virus is not as prevalent or something like that, pick a town different than that. Well... Why don't we give Nick some optimism? Nick, if everything is going all right in Manitoba and Saskatchewan, <laughs> why doesn't everybody come up to Canada if everything's okay to go? If you really want to play baseball, come up here where it's being managed a little bit better than down south. <laughs> baseball is yeah, not big in Winnipeg, but that's one factor right there. I think we have a 5,000-seat stadium, so <laughs> Those fans over in Vancouver, though, they sell out that 5,000-seat venue every goddamn night for the Canadians. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it seems like a lot, but guys, let's have a little bit of fun with the division the Blue Jays would be in, even though I don't think it would actually be fun to be playing in this division. Uh, <laughs> the 10-team Eastern division that the Blue Jays would be in would be with the Yankees and the Mets, the Boston Red Sox, Washington Nationals, the defending MLB champions, the Baltimore Orioles, yes, we get to beat up on the Orioles, Philadelphia Phillies, Pittsburgh Pirates, we can beat up on them too. Uh, the Blue Jays, the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Miami Marlins, a third team that you can kind of beat up on in this division. Nick, what do you think? How? It, it, let's just say this went through. Knowing those 10 teams are in your division, or I guess nine teams uh, will be in your division, how would you think the Blue Jays could fare in that division? Because you have the top-end guys like the Yankees and the Nationals, and 
you could probably throw the Rays and maybe the Phillies in there too. But then you have some door, like some some floor match with the Orioles and the Pirates and the Marlins. Do you think the Blue Jays could compete in this division and come out okay? Well, for starters, it would be, I'm guessing, how many teams would make the playoffs? Two or three? I think that's still to be determined. <laughs> well, how about taking the, the three division winners, four with wild card and that extra random one day wild card, which I would think would go away in this situation. So I would think you're going to have, yeah, like 10 people make it. I'm, so, I mean, off the bat, you like Yankees, Red Sox, Nats kind of pencil them in, right? At least the Yankees. Jeez, that's tough. It, it is it is like really front loaded though, right? Like you got the Marlins and Orioles are probably going to be at the bottom. Same with the Pirates maybe, but Toronto, yeah, I'd, I'd probably see Toronto around fifth to seventh in there. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of unfortunate yeah. for them because they were kind of spending a little more than typical this offseason, right? Like bringing in Ryu and uh, Travis Shaw, right? So they were kind of going for it in a sense with this young core to actually be potentially a wildcard team, right? So with this new division, it could really change anything up. But I could I could see them as low as seven and as high as four, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see that too. Adam, what do you think? Yeah, I can't see them faring too well. I was going on record to say that the Blue Jays were going to finish ahead of the Red Sox. So there's like your fourth seed uh, of this uh, of this group here. I, I think they'd finish ahead of the Marlins, uh, the Pirates, the Orioles. I even think they'd finish ahead of the Mets and the Red Sox. But they're not finished ahead of the Nationals. They're not going to finish ahead of the Rays. Not finishing ahead of the Phillies or the Yankees. So for me, it's just kind of like, or maybe they could fare well against one of those teams. Anything could happen. But with the margin of you know error when it comes to injury concerns here and who you're going to call up, like you have to have a perfect season to play well in this division. And the Blue Jays, in terms of recent history, don't really fare well when it comes to the injury bug. So, yeah, I'm I'm just I'm not confident. But like it just seems so Blue Jays that they finish around that fourth or fifth mark. So like it's par for the course, I guess. Craig? So I'm guessing that if this was going to come down to playoff format, they're going to take two winners from each of these divisions, I would think, and then they're going to have some kind of a weird wild card for the other two playoff spots, I would Mm -hmm. think. You know what I mean? Uh, So I would think that gets them up to eight playoff teams. I really don't think they're going to end up taking that out, and I really think the Blue Jays, even in that situation, if that did fall out that way, like you said, I don't think you'd get by the Rays, and that's who you would have to get by to get into the playoffs. I think we're a better team on paper than the Red Sox. But the Rays and the Phillies, in my opinion, are going to be about the same. But you still got to get by the Nationals, who are going to still be good, and the New York Yankees. So, yeah, it's a tall order. I'm, it is. Yeah, I, I probably would pencil in the Yankees and the Nationals to be probably 1-2, battling it up there. And then, I mean, this is where it could get interesting. I mean, we all know the Blue Jays have not fared well against the Rays for what it feels like the last decade, pretty much, that they just do not do well against Tampa Bay. So considering the Rays would probably get a shit ton of wins against the Blue Jays alone, I'd probably <laughs> put them in third. <laughs> and then, you know, I think they can compete with the Phillies. I mean, the Phillies did load up a little bit more. This You've already seen them beat season. the fuck out of the Yankees the last couple of years. <laughs> exactly. So... I think they could compete with the Phillies, but yeah, after that, I mean, it's pretty even between the Mets, the Red Sox, and then you got the Orioles, Pirates, and Marlins to pile on some wins there. So I agree with, I think everybody's in agreement with what Nick said first, just somewhere in between seventh to fourth. Maybe if they caught lightning in a bottle, because it would be about 100 games. So it would be if you get off to a quick start, maybe you can position yourself pretty well. Maybe you finish third. But yeah, I would probably say maybe more around the middle of the pack, which Adam, you correctly said, would be extremely Blue Jays. It's very the Blue of the Jays. Pack. Yeah, and <laughs> you know what also sucks? What sucks is that every game against Tampa Bay, you would imagine, would be in the House of Pars. Oh, oh God, oh. yeah. If you hit the trough. That's no. horrifying. Yeah, because they would have it in that concrete bubble just to keep everybody out, right? Yep. And no one goes there anyway. So, oh. so guaranteed, guaranteed immunity. I've cool. been to that ballpark many a times, and there is nothing. It is just that ballpark. They've had all these plans around that area of the ballpark to build up all these like bars and like a nice little scene kind of like area. None of it panned out. St. Petersburg and that area of town is toast. It is just That's the drop. I, I've driven by it quite a few times because my grandparents used to have a place not too far from the drop, but. Uh, isn't it like even on a good day with traffic leaving Tampa? Like if you have a set block start, 
uh, and you're leaving work at five from downtown Tampa, it wouldn't it be late? Isn't it like an hour and a half to get there with traffic? Like a best case scenario, oh, going over the sunset, <laughs> uh, sunset highway, sunset highway, I think is what they call it. There yeah. to go from the city over the bay into that area, it's just not. It's horrifying. You're almost better off going like toward Clearwater and coming back, which is actually physically longer, and you'll still get there at the same time. <laughs> it's freaking ridiculous. Unless you're already on the that side of the bay, it. I don't think anybody really goes. Yeah, yeah. You're better off be- having spring training homes be the places to go for all these teams. It's true. And then you could, I mean, I remember at one point the idea was if you play regular season games in spring training facilities with no fans, then everybody can just sit in the stands, like rows apart from each other. So who knows? It's just so many logistical challenges. And the more and more this goes on and the more and more we see coronavirus not being controlled particularly well in certain states, I, I lean more towards Adam. Like, I mean, at this point, I, uh, we've already seen today or was it yesterday the NBA I'm pretty sure it was it the owners or executives were saying just kibosh it at this point for the NBA and the NHL it makes more sense to stop just have it null and start planning all your contingencies to have a 2021 season uh, it seems like we're getting closer and closer to that point for baseball too instead of risking people's safeties just call it let everybody relax just chill out and by the time we come back for spring training in 2021, who knows? Maybe you start games earlier. Maybe you start games in March. Who knows what they can do? But it does seem like there's way too many logistical hurdles to even have this. So, I mean, that just brings me back to the original question. Why are they so optimistic about this? Yeah. I have no idea why. <laughs> Minor league season gets canceled. How's the World Baseball Classic for next year all right not been canceled? I'm sure it will be. It's got to be. Yeah. Like, got no Hall of Fame inductions. We have no minor league baseball. It just seems like, okay, well, the last thing you would want right now is having people travel internationally everywhere all around the world just to play baseball. Yeah. <laughs> it's when, just like... the World Baseball Classic canceled for? Is it March again, or is it earlier? It's, it's always at the last couple weeks of spring training. Yeah, there's usually right. like a week before regular season games would have started yeah. is when it's yeah. done. So they have a like a last little one stop to get back with their teams after most of the cuts are over with, but that's about it. You right, know, right, right it's just, yeah. It's just a it's, it's a lot of factors you gotta take into consideration. Like these are creatures of habit when it comes to baseball and like you have to not to beat a dead horse here, but Brendan, you talked about like the hygiene measure when it came to those five points, like Who's stopping a baseball player from spitting? Like who's gonna yeah. who's gonna do that? That's not gonna happen. And who's gonna stop players from high fiving? It's not gonna happen. It's just it won't happen. Like think about the proximity of players around each other in the dugout. They're very close. They're like almost on top of each other. Think of the bullpen. Like you just can't control all these variables. And the part that freaks me out about all this is that you could have this virus for up to two weeks and be asymptomatic. And that is when you are yeah. the most uh, contagious to yeah. to everybody around you. Like, and what are you going to have them wear masks during play? Like, no, like it's just, none of this is going to happen. <laughs> I can't none breathe. Of this, yeah, this like I know like 1918 during the Spanish flu, like they did. You have pictures of players wearing masks, and like things were a lot like I don't know. I, I guess it was an owners' league back then. You did what you were told. But now that the players have a little bit more leeway and sports in general a bit more liberal when it comes to the rights of their players as it, as it should be um I, I just don't see how you can police for lack of a better way to put this how players are gonna behave and not that they're doing anything wrong they're just creatures of habit you can't control what all these players have been doing since they were kids you just can't do it yeah i think the most overlooked thing is what i mentioned uh, a couple i can't remember if it was last week or the week before how are you going to socially distance the umpire from the catcher or the yeah. runner at first with yeah. the first baseman. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. You can't. It's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. I don't know, guys. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how things go over the next few weeks. They, uh, as of now, they're saying the end of June, maybe the beginning of July. Uh, if this was strictly a Canadian league, I would be much more optimistic about that. But the fact that, I mean, even still, I know a lot of the players on the Blue Jays uh, are probably living in the United States. But for the people who are not... And having to travel across the border, travel restrictions aren't lifted yet. So correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't Hyunjin Rio still living in Russell Martin's house? Yeah, he is. <laughs> in Tampa. <laughs> yeah, 
Russell offered that up. <laughs> that was too <laughs> <Yeah>, cool. Sure. <laughs> let me let me throw this out yeah. there. Let me and I don't mean to like hijack the hosting duties, but Nick, no, no, I, I, I you're our guest, so let me let me ask you this: If you had to choose, right? Let's let's assume that like you know the minor league season is canceled. That's actually happening, um, and the, the rosters are expanded, right? So let's assume that you have two options: either a you can add Nate Pearson to that expanded roster and just throw him into the wolves right away, right? Just toss him in there, and that might. And make him better or might kill him right away or giving him a whole year off which would you do oh boy uh, this is what we're dealing with like, <laughs> this is exactly true, what's yeah. on the table I, yeah like and it's gonna be a how what half a season if he's yeah. playing yeah I mean like just airing on the side of caution you probably go a season off you can't really do him I agree like you can't do much good. You can, he's either going to get pumped or he can get hurt. Those are the two bad exactly. scenarios, right? Whereas if he has half a good season, that's like the upside. So, I mean, it's 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 a tough situation. <laughs> yeah. So what if you just for Nate Pearson finally got a full, more or less a full season in minor league baseball last year? This is an opportunity to keep ramping him up at not as steep of a cliff. Anybody? <laughs> no, I, I, I want to. I, I don't. I don't want to kill him. I don't want to kill him at yeah. first. Because, like, how many games of AAA did he play? Like four. Yeah. 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 No. No. no well, he's maybe not, in this situation, he's not pitching in the rotation. Though. Maybe he's pitching sixty innings out of the bullpen, which is mm-mm. more or less what he threw last year. Mm-mm. I would. Ch- no. I would check, but my freaking internet locked up. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't feel comfortable. Like he, he's too precious. And I know that sounds oh, yeah. weird, but like he's way too precious right now. <laughs> okay, way to go, Lord of the Rings on me. Yeah. <laughs> this is a baseball podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's Lord of the Rings, man. Did you get the memo? <laughs> Son of a. You guys really jacked my shit. <laughs> Why did I invite you into this? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I lean to where Nick went, and I also lean to Adam where you're leaning to. I, that, that's just too much precious cargo to risk going out there and just. I hear he like he could if he goes out there and he gets absolutely pummeled and annihilated for whatever reason. Now, do I think that would happen? No, but if he does, you're He's risking. It. Yeah, like come it's on. very rare nowadays to see guys just get absolutely pummeled and come back and dominate. Like Carlos Rodon took forever when the White Sox rushed him to get to the major leagues. Mm-hmm. He got absolutely yeah. shelled, and he's only finally started to come into his own with the White Sox. So, no, I, I, I don't the think the greatest I, teacher, man. <laughs> There's only one Roy Halladay, it, it, like, and I don't see I Blue Jays' luck. It's it's only it only happens once, and it was Roy Halladay. It's not going to happen again. Yeah. Well, Sometimes. guys, I mean, the minor league baseball season is canceled. I mean, a little bit on that. Just the thing, I it sucks is that these players. I don't know what the hell they're going to do financially. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. They're not paid it yeah. as as it is. Uh, they're not going to get that pay from what I understand or have heard. I'm not sure how they're going to handle that, but. The other thing that I feel sorry for is these small towns and cities that have these teams. Sometimes that's the only team that they have in those cities. And you get a little bit of an economic boost when these games are happening. Like you'll get some people going to Rochester Red Wings games and Buffalo Bison games. And those are bigger cities compared to some of the other minor league teams. But it's, it's, it's not good news at all that minor league baseball season has been canceled. And again, I mean, I think it's kind of leaked into the conversation. It just doesn't seem like it can be possible to have a major league season without the minor leagues. So I'm not sure. I don't think that can happen. I don't think there can be major league baseball without the minor leagues. I'm not sure where you guys fall on that. My biggest worry on this whole thing is, and they've already been floating the rumor that this is going to happen. This is the official axe for baseball Mm -hmm. in 26 minor league towns. And our friend Zach Helton's team might actually be one of those 26 recipients of the alleged axe in the I just can't imagine not having a baseball league down the inner part of the East Coast. There's no baseball in towns like outside of Baltimore and Pittsburgh and Washington, D.C. until you get to Georgia. Mm. <laughs> That's yeah. really rough because there's no. It is. There's some AAA baseball teams sprinkled in there, but there's not. The, the Appalachian League was is a, a really big running league, and it's been running for ages. But it might, if you lose these few teams out of this whole situation, 
they were teetering on the edge to begin with, and it seems like that Major League Baseball is keen on using this as the reason to squeeze more money, which would be take, killing t- baseball in these smaller towns, like you were just mentioning. I think yeah. the AAA teams and everything are going to be fine, but the rook, the single A, well, not even single A, it's rookie level short season, is probably gone in this situation. Yeah, it sucks. It really does suck that uh, this virus has affected everything, and I mean it goes well beyond the world of sport. But uh, yeah, I guess one final thing I want to touch on, uh, Adam, you added this to the agenda, and rightfully so. The Blue Jays have announced that you can get refunds on your tickets up until games that you have in your possession until May 31st. Uh, so I kind of want to ask, Nick, if you had tickets to, let's say, the Blue Jays home opener, and you were getting by financially, would you keep the money there knowing that you can have that game next year? Like, for example, I mean, my thoughts, I would probably keep the credit I have on there because I'll probably just end up getting home opener tickets next year. If you could have your choice between getting your money back or just keeping it on an account, what would you choose? I would actually go the opposite way. I would just give my money back just so it's there, and if you are going to purchase in the following year, and then again, that following year isn't 100% in place too, right, given yeah, all going on. Right. That's, that's my main yeah. concern. Like, could you imagine if there's more than one year that's cancelled? That's when like things would really start to get wacky, whereas sports jobs wouldn't exist like period like media wouldn't exist like that that's where i don't want to be too much of a debbie downer but that's like a, a really worst case scenario that would happen so that's i went really negative there but uh um, you scared the I, shit out of me Nick. Yeah, my short answer is i would take the money <laughs> give me the money that's my short answer yeah hey, craig where do you go on that spectrum it's an interesting debate because i mean if you know you're going to buy the ticket might as well keep it on there but People could use the money right now. Where would you go? Um, right now, I would need the money. It's simple and short. There's enough going on where there's too many people home in my house all the time where we would normally get in school, food and things yeah. like that for the children. And, um, yeah, there's those kind of things going on. So right now, a home opener, uh, decent, a decent seat at a home opener for a few people, for me, would be a nice little cash infusion right now. Yeah. It's at least one bill taken Adam. care of this month. You know, Anytime I spend money on something and then months later it gets canceled or something, like if I make plans with my friends and they're like, oh, this isn't happening anymore, do you want your money? I'm like, nah, man, it's money spent. Like, I'm that, that, to me, that money's already gone. So, like, I'll, I'd just rather just hang on to it because I know when baseball's coming back, I'm going to want to buy them again. Mm-hmm. And chances yeah. are, ticket prices are going to be higher. There Whereas is a if very, I know. Very real thing of that. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, especially if they want to replenish the funds and the equity that they lost um ticket prices are probably going to be up much to the dismay of a lot of fans if not all fans um so i'd rather just have the voucher to, uh, to my seat that i purchased and i'd be like i know i'm going to be sitting here no matter what next season yeah. so I, I might as well just that, hold on to it yeah that's i think that's exactly my my exact mindset too <laughs> i know i'm going to spend the money on it so <laughs> this isn't like when I went to go, go buy Van Halen tickets three years ago with David Lee Roth back with him, and I should have known that they were going to break up. It, <laughs> you know, it's just how it is. <laughs> well, guys, this has been a fun discussion. Uh, Nick, I appreciate you joining us. And again, I can't overstate how, how much we thank you for doing the bracket for us. And this is your time to shine, Nick. You get your spot to promote whatever you want. Tell us where to find you on social media. And, hey, give us a little pitch for why all Canadians should give their $4 to save the CFL. <laughs> oh, boy, big task here. Uh, I'll start off with the easy stuff. So, yeah, last word on CFL. I'm still writing for them. Uh, I've been doing some work for the Manitoba Bisons, actually. So uh, just all over their sports uh, programs, which are doing really well. I've got a couple of players probably going in the CFL draft tonight. Um, as far as my cell flow on Twitter, I am uh, at N-I-K for Nick, and that's uh, – Nick underscore Kowalski, but N-I-K for Nick. I spell my name that way for some reason I can't tell you. Um, <laughs> and then, okay, let's get to the CFL. It's it's culture in Canada. It's been around for more than 100 years. And not only that, I don't know if you saw us, I kind of got a laugh out of this, but the CFL was like, we're not going to cut a $150 million check back to you, but we will uh, we will return it uh, <laughs> your... Uh, your 150 million with tourism videos and all this other stuff. So that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. But in all honesty, the CFL does do well for the Canadian economy. It's it's a special game. It's different. It has passionate fans like myself. And 
um, it would just be devastating if this league could no longer exist in, in Canada. Yeah, I mean, I always had a feeling that maybe down the road it would just die of natural causes. Uh, I don't want it to be as a result of a medical thing. <laughs> but yeah, right. no, Nick, thank you for joining us. And Adam Craig, any final thoughts before we wrap up? I hate this virus. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Fuck this virus. Yes, that's yeah, it. So my only I, final I, I note <laughs> I'm going to say for the bracket is that the whole Edwin Encarnacion, Bo Bichette thing, I'm sorry to say, but the parrot alone should be beating Bo Bichette for the last decade. <laughs> so I'm not saying anything about bad about Bo Bichette. I love Bo Bichette. He's probably my favorite new Blue Jay, period. But when you're talking about a franchise icon over the last 10 years, I, you, you can't hold it. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Like I said, the parrot should be even winning the voting over this. <laughs> so by that logic, Ezekiel Carrera should have won his matchup. <laughs> He's only holding the parrot. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, he was just like, hey, hold that parrot for me, please. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, the play. only bracket that Zeke is winning is for his nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, this has been fun. Let's end it how we normally do with uh, Let's Go Blue Jays. Let's go, Let's Blue, go Jays. Blue Jays. Let's go Blue Jays. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.